Hi, I'm Dustin. Before we get started, I just want to say that this show is for adults and is about various TV shows available in the USA. So be sure to check your country's TV listings or streaming lineups for the content that we discuss. Also, be aware sometimes we use profanity or make risque comments during our discussion. So be sure to check the show notes before you allow your child to listen along or if you live in an area that prohibits such language. Listen at your own discretion. Thanks for listening. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Dustin Can Watch, where I'm longing a little bit too much for my undergrad days of yesteryear, mainly because I've been watching the HBO Max series of The Sex Lives of College Girls. Here today to wax nostalgia with me is a good friend from my time in college, Janelle. Hello. Hey, Janelle. (laughs) So uh, it's been a while since we've actually talked face-to-face and literally face-to-face now that we have this technology because back in the day we did not. No. Um, uh, I, I, for the longest time we reconnected, you know, in the past, you know, year or so on Instagram and I was like, wow, she's married. Wow. She's a mother. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Very different from back then. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I was like, wow. Just the turnaround of people's lives. Right. And so how is that? How is married life and motherhood? How's that treating you? It's good. I, um, it, it keeps me busy, that's for sure. Although Frank's almost 11 now, so which is wild. Um, He's a little more self-sufficient. <laughs> he is. Uh, the only the only issue being that he um, he's a type 1 diabetic, so he's still not completely self-sufficient with that yet. We're still working oh. really hard with him to to do that. But for the most part, it's it's very easy. I work from home full time, and and I'm, so I'm pretty much always here if he needs me. But Honestly, yeah, we, we see a lot less of them than we used to, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, independence and whatnot. I'm it's pre-diabetic, fun. so yay. Oh, yay. I mean, I feel Don't like I'm going to be before too long, so. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Why do we have to grow old? Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's I hate an awful, so much. awful condition, uh, aging. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And, you know, life just throws you some damn curveballs and... I mean, that sucks. Well, that's true. You know, you get married, you think you're going to have a kid, maybe two, and then the one you have turns out to have this disease, and you're like, okay, maybe I won't have another one. And you know, it's you know, that's that's how it goes. You never know what's gonna what's gonna happen. That certainly put everything in perspective for me. So, or in my case, like I I'm not even married where I thought I was going to be married, and I'm over here taking care of my mom who's sick, and you know, I'm like, I didn't think that was going to happen this early in my life, right? Or this early as far as my mom, this late as far as my life, right? Exactly. She's still very young, you know, comparatively speaking. You know, you would think you'd be taking care of your octogenarian mother, not your. Your mom's still in her 60s. So. Yeah, exactly. So, well, let's not get too much into the downer <laughs> sides of things. <laughs> no, no, we're here to talk about college, which was so much fun and not at all depressing. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so, like, okay. So, from what I remember of you, 
you were, I don't know, I, I want to say you're the big feminist girl to me in my mind. I, it's stereotypical, like a feminist. <laughs> you were very much like, you know, a ball buster, to, you know, and but you were also had the sweet, tender side to you. And that's why I'm like, oh, she make an awesome mom. So that's the reason why I'm like, oh, I can see that. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and changed. Not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a ball buster, but I'm, yes. I'm awesome. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I, we, you know, we lost track over the years and whatnot, but it, the biggest thing I always remember the first thing, you know what I'm going to say. The the main thing I always remember oh, is no. that damn trip to Disney world Oh no! <laughs> that makes me laugh every time I think about it or anytime I tell anybody about it, <laughs> That's it was probably, too. it was one of the best trips, even though it was one of the worst trips. <laughs> it was a comedy of errors. It was, Oh my complete, God. It was a complete disaster from what? an hour outside of St. Louis or maybe an hour. (laughs) So, okay. Audience listeners. Um, I used to have a Jeep Cherokee. It was like a early nineties Jeep Cherokee. And this was 90. (laughs) Well, actually, actually 2000 at this point, but, uh, for spring break that year of my freshman year of college, uh, me, Janelle, our friend Domingo and this other guy named Dave, who's semi friend, I guess. Um, (laughs) he was an acquaintance. He was acquaintance at that time. He was along for the ride as well. Exactly. He wasn't going to Disney World with us. It was mainly me, Janelle, and Domingo. He was catching a ride to visit some other friends, yes. Yes. He he was gas money, basically. Yes, exactly. That was was his main contribution to this whole thing. (laughs) So we're like an hour outside of St. Louis because that's where we went to schools in that area. We're not going to name names of places, but... um, We were in Ina, Illinois. That's where we broke down pretty much right outside of Ina, Illinois, right? Was it Ina or Ida? Yes, it was Ina. Ina. I remember it every time. Like every time we drive past there now, anytime we're going east for any reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) we we end up breaking down and we, you know, oh my God, I needed a new water pump. I mean, I remember the steering wheel just wouldn't turn. I was like, oh my God, we're going to crash. It was the well, scariest thing. What happened was that the timing belt blew. And when that happens, then it's, then everything's. Well, stopped. the water pump broke too. Like everything. Right. You know, it's a twofer went, usually. Yeah. Oh my God. So we ended up like, we ended up, we, first we were at this gas station slash mechanic shop in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of a field. And we were trying to call people and we were like, hey, is there a mechanic nearby? And it's like, uh, yeah, we got two mechanics in sound but they ain't got no phones so i don't know how that's gonna help you (laughs) we just kind of looked at each other like are we in a sitcom like Like what is this this isn't no really i just i I will never forget that line we they ain't got no phone they ain't got no phone so they ain't gonna help you very much i'm like well I, i guess not how the hell is anybody supposed to get business anyway okay so yeah so in the middle of nowhere stopped friday night the next town, it was a Friday night of spring break, the start of spring break. <laughs> right. We had to make it to the next town. We're driving around. I don't know how we made it there. We had to get the fan, the, the smallest amount of the, whatever was left of the fan belt was put on. Yeah. I think you guys like shimmied it on. Like the three of you guys like were able to get uh, it on there somehow. I was in such a panic. Then we end up going to, down. To, we couldn't find any place. We end up at the Dairy Queen. Yeah. And I remember we were. highway a bit. It was like a whole other town. Oh, I know. We were that was where I think that was in Ida, actually. Yeah. But okay. and then we were in the Dairy Queen in this small little Podunk town. No offense to anybody who lives in Ida, Illinois, but for us it was Podunk. <laughs> or Podunk. But, <laughs> for that Podunk. <laughs> Podunk. I'm gonna say it again. Um, 
and yeah, and then we were, I remember me and you, I just had this faint memory of us sitting inside, just like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Domingo <laughs> and Dave are outside and like one of them's behind the wheel while the other one's under the hood. And I always see your sparks flying out from under the hood. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> They're like, oh, going we're going to make this happen. And I'm like, I think I should just call my dad and like, he can like get us home. I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. Like, but then we end up getting like the, the manager of the Dairy Queen takes pity on us. It says, hey, I called my guy. He's a mechanic and you guys can t- come right over. It's right next door or something or right around the corner and okay. um do you I, remember see, I completely that forgot no i completely forgot how we even got to the next town i really do yeah no so we got we got over there and we it was right it was right next door to this dairy queen or right around the corner from the dairy queen and we go over there and there are all these people there and then he said he called them and we get over there and nobody is like looking at us like we walk in and <laughs> the door closes behind us they don't even turn and they're watching like too hot for tv type of stuff on the tv and this <laughs> And they're like, yeah, we're closed. I'm like, you said to bring it right on over. What are we going to do? And then, the, oh, well, we have a friend who lives over here. He can take care of you. Where are you staying? Like, I guess we'll stay at this motel that was, oh, my God. And the motel. Oh I, now that I remember vividly, the whole. So the motel was like a typical, like, 70s motel, like you would like see in a motel. movie. Yeah. Oh my God. And we said, oh, we only have two people staying here while like you, I think it was you and Dave, like ducked down in the back of the Jeep. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, there's we only two of us. We for four people. We're like really right. trying to like, We didn't have that money. We just want to get to Florida. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so then I remember like you guys go up first because it's on the second floor yep. and you go up to the top and the guy walks out from the office and watches us. And I'm like, oh, shit. I said, guys, keep walking. Like, you're not with us. And then you guys kept walking. I thought the whole thing was going to wrap around to the other side, to another side. And it did. It just, it did end. So you just kind of walk back and forth like your damn ducks at a shooting range at the carnival. Like, back and forth, back. Just walking with all these suitcases like, dum-de-dum-de-dum. This is where we go. (laughs) Where the hell we going? I'm sure he totally bought it. And we're like, oh, God. <laughs> then we get inside. We got the shag carpeting. Oh we got God. the old 70s comforters that have, like, like cigarette holes in them. How we, we got bed the, dogs? Like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I think, didn't we have wood paneling in there? It was hideous. Yeah. And there was, like, signs, like, don't touch this light switch. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, when, after taking a shower, open this window. <laughs> See, I don't even remember. Oh, I just remember it being a hole. Man, you have a great memory. Oh my god! Well, that's something I did not. I don't. I don't usually have a great memory, but something like this, I will totally remember for the rest of my life. <laughs> I still had the video footage, though. Remember, I used to carry my video camera everywhere. Yes, I was gonna say. I the one thing I do recall from that hot, the hotel stay is uh, the movie we watched. That night. I don't remember that. Really? What movie did we watch? Because it became like a running joke, and there's a video later of Domingo singing the song from it. It was so I married an axe murderer. Oh, okay. Do you remember? I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. We ended up watching that, like I guess after we got dinner or whatever it was that we did after we checked in, because <laughs> it was still pretty early. Like it was oh still God. daylight. I feel like. <sighs> I was so broke by the end of this and I had to get my mom to wire me money. She only reminded me just enough yeah. and it's still, I still spent way too much. And then we end up, we had to walk to this place down this road next to the railroad tracks, yeah. oh somebody's house the and mechanic. they had a garage. Well, can yes. we just pause for a minute and talk about wiring money? Like none of us had debit cards. Like we no. just had cash. Like there was no electronic, like 
Like that just We were a horror movie waiting to happen. <laughs> it was like <laughs> A slasher could have killed us at any time. Oh like, my god, seriously. But yes. Oh, was... So yeah, we had to walk to that crazy <sighs> this tiny little town and that to that mechanic. <laughs> I remember you the remember the kids hair. playing out in the yard with like only underwear on or something, and they like were coming at Domingo with a stick. Oh my god! Oh my god. And Domingo's like holding a hey kid, what are you doing? Like he's holding the camera, <laughs> and I'm like Domingo, don't bother the kids, don't bother the, <laughs> the local folk. Yeah. You're the only brown man around for miles. I know. I'm like hotel, this is not safe like for you. Don't do this. And him, and like that's it. Like we just no. <laughs> Oh my god! I would. I'm sorry. I don't know which one. Actually, I probably would have died because I was the gay one. He was the brown one. He probably would have died. You and Dave might have survived Maybe. <laughs> if it had been a slasher movie. Maybe. So, well, I would have killed Dave by the end of it anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, you probably would have killed. You would have had to sacrifice. Him. I'm sorry, Dave. I got to lock this door. The kills are gonna get you. And then boom, you know. Uh, but we finally made it down there, and we, you know, we made it down there, and we had to, I had to live, I know I had to live off of cereal boxes from the Continental Breakfast. We both did. We were both, like, we spent all of our money on that hotel stay and gas, and, like, so we were starving the whole time, because, yeah, we If we, we had been smart, eating. we would have turned back around. We were bound and determined. We were determined to see Disney World, damn it. have, well, we, I think we, didn't we already buy the passes? Yeah, we did. So we had like the, it was like four parks at the time and we had the passes and we're like, damn it, we're, we're doing this. Like it's going to happen. <laughs> we did have fun. Like I, We shared I a turkey leg. I think Domingo <laughs> bought a turkey leg. We shared that. We passed that around. Oh my God. And then um, I know he bought a pizza one night. So we ate that. So we weren't like, he was kind of supporting us through oh that, my God. that stay because yeah, he we saved were us. We would have starved. Yeah. We were literally like hoarding stuff from the continental breakfast and that was it. <laughs> And I remember, like, I think Dave had gotten pot on the way back. Oh, it was worse it. than that. It, and it was, oh my, it was so funny. It, it, I think it was LSD. I think it was, or was sure, it? I think it was something, yeah, it was something harder than just pot. He told me it was just pot. I remember oh. specifically it was, I think it was something harder than just, not harder. I mean, LSD isn't hard, but, you know, it's, it was not just pot. Oh my god! Not as accepted as pot. From my, <laughs> from my memory, it was not. And of course, I, I he was like, "Hey, I got this. this. Don't tell anybody." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." And I'm like, "I gotta tell." Oh my god! And then I remember me and you fell asleep in the back seat. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we woke up and there were blue lights behind us because he was speeding like like hell going through Florida. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Oh, that's right. And cause... somehow he talked himself out of the ticket. How? I don't Why does know. this never happen for me? I can never and talk myself out of it. Not only that, but didn't like search the car or anything. Like obviously for 20 somethings up to no good, you know, <laughs> or you weren't oh even God. 20 yet. Were you? No, <laughs> <laughs> I was barely 19. Right. <laughs> oh my God. No, <laughs> I think you're just a year older than me, right? Yeah. So I was okay. 20. I think Domingo was 21 at the time. Cause he was a little bit older than us. And yeah, was he was the oldest. He was a junior, I think. And I yeah. was a freshman. Yeah. Oh my God. And then just, we were getting on each other's nerves by the end. Cause we were hungry. We oh, were you and I, we 20... were just hangry and like just fighting. Very like we were I remember one time on the way, cause we stopped, we went back to, to my house on the way home. And then on the way back from my house up to St. Louis again, I remember at one point you're like, Dustin, get off that motorcycle's ass. And I'm like, I'm not on his ass. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> 
we were like just wow. at each other's throats. That because I'm really not normally a backseat driver, but <laughs> I do remember getting to your mom's house, and it's like one of the warmest, like kindest memories of my life is because <laughs> your mom is just wonderful. I love her to pieces, and we get we're there. Like, we have a just, place to stay and food. <laughs> and food. We just sat down and ate. I feel like for a long time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. Well, all right. Well, let's get off. That was one of the best trips ever. I can say. It was, I, you know. it was, it was one of the, just a comedy of errors where everything could have gone wrong that did. And I just had a blast with you. It was really fun. And I'm glad we met at the university that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> the small liberal yeah. arts college just outside of St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll say that much. And that's about it. Cause we don't want to give them too much credit, no. but, um, no, no. but yeah, so that was, that was some, some good times. It was good. And I feel like um, my last semester was, was it your last semester too? Did you end up staying just two years or one year? Or no, I stayed there the one year. That was my last semester. That was, okay. So that was it. That was our only overlap was like basically that one semester. Cause I quit by the second semester of your freshman year. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought you were, okay. Well, yeah. I think that's why we lost touch. Just Probably. Cause we were, cause we were really tight. We met up a few times when I came back to visit, but that was about it. I was oh, like, that's you true. know, yeah, in and out of different, you know, relationships and whatnot. We, you know, but yeah, that's for another day. It is. <laughs> it is. Now let's talk about this show, okay. the Sex Lives of College Girls. Here for it, love it. Yeah. It debuted on HBO Max on November 18th of 2021 and pretty much released two episodes a week for the next month following uh, for a total of 10 episodes for this first season. It was co-created by Mindy Kaling, who everybody knows is from the U.S. version of The Office, The Mindy Project, several bit movie roles, soon to be the new voice of Velma from Scooby-Doo in a spinoff series. Um. She co-created it with Justin Noble, who was a writer on her other show, which is on Netflix, Never Have I Ever. And he was also a staff writer and a story editor for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, amongst other things. Oh, he was. I didn't know that. Yeah. A lot of episodes, too. Over 100-something episodes, it looked like. At least that's how long he was around, anyway. I love that show. Love Never Have I Ever, ever too. That's a that's a really good show. I still haven't watched that, and I need to. I just haven't haven't yet. You You will enjoy it. I probably will. I just haven't jumped jumped in onto it yet, but I will. <laughs> I will eventually. So this series revolves around four main girls that attend a fictional college called Essex College in Vermont, and we have four characters: um, nerdy, awkward Kimberly, played by Pauline Chalamet; funny and horny Bella, <laughs> played by Amrit Kaur; uh, the sporty senator's daughter Whitney, played by Alia Chanel Scott. And spoiled and secretive Layton, played by Renee Rapp. Now, before we dive into spoiler territory, <laughs> okay, whose storyline did you like the most in this in this whole season? Bella's for sure. You know what? That was mine too. Yeah. I like Bella's story the most. It I, was I kind of feel like it's because it's kind. Of, it might be kind of reminiscent of Mindy's experience because I was I looked up after I watched this. I was like, okay, so where did she go to college? And she went to Dartmouth, which kind of seems like it might be, this is like a fictitious version of that. Yeah, it does. It feels like very much like that's her energy. It's obviously not, you know, and I've said this about Never Have I Ever before. If it were just about like Kelly Kapoor 
as a kid or as a teen or a college age person, you would never want to watch that show. But obviously Mindy has a better energy because she's just a great writer. I mean, her, her stuff for the office and, and this show as well. Never have I ever like, I have a feeling that that's kind of, it's not her necessarily, but like it has her energy and that's why it's such a good character. Yeah, I agree with that. You can totally tell that, that it's her put in this, but I mean, obviously fictionalized and probably, yeah, you know, I don't think she was as horny as that. a little more fantastical <laughs> and crazy, but yeah, she's, and it, the storyline for her is, is just, it's, I don't want to get into it yet, but it's, um, it's kind of, it goes to a darker direction than you think it's going to go, Yeah, yeah. but it's handled yeah. perfectly for a comedy without neglecting the seriousness of what happens. Yes. Yes. It, that's what I could say as far as non-spoilery. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it the most too. Do you think that's a character you identify with the most as far as, do you think oh, no. that would like, let's say you're cast as one of these four characters, which one would you be cast as? Oh, definitely Kimberly. Like definitely. Like I identify more with her experience just like from a socioeconomical brainiac, but also trying to go from public school into now you're into a higher education. That's like a higher echelon even of you're not going to state school you're going to school that has a higher academic standard than you've ever been used to yeah i i think that i definitely identify with her a little more i think i'm a kimberly too i think so (laughs) because also because i I was so and i I still am naive just naive and just you know trying to see the positive of everything and and maybe looking past certain faults of people and situations and yeah. really just thinking, you know, oh, things are going to be brighter and better. I'm just going to, but even though you know, they're not like deep down, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I have a things bit of are that just too. not working out. I have a bit of that too. I think, yeah, I always want to, oh no, it's, it's, it's not, they're not, no one's that bad. No one's got that kind of agenda. Yes, they absolutely do. Like, <laughs> would you say I'm a Kimberly? Would you, I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what? Well, come on, tell me. Who do you think else I could be? <laughs> no, I was just trying. Yeah, definitely Kimberly. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> I have a little bit of Bella in there. I took some risks. Well, you know what, Kimberly did too. So I guess still Kimberly. I she say, took some it's, risks. It's but... all like an amalgam. The one I probably least identify with is the jock. You know, Whitney. But <laughs> yeah, for sure, the confidence and just the yeah, and just being She's a jock. Just amazing. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I make... wish I were, I wish I were Whitney. Right. Exactly. <laughs> She's just awesome. But so do you think overall, like, um, this represents the American college university experience pretty uh, well? As far from a female's perspective? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, and I think it does mine for me was too. 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, but I, I definitely <laughs> think that it's, and I hope that it's less creepy than it was back in the day that I was in school because these girls' sexual experiences were not, were a lot more positive. Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some stuff that's pretty creepy in this, but, you know, and we'll get into is, that. Well, that's true. And this is Hollywood. Let's, let, let's not sugarcoat it that this is reality, but the way that it's written is very respectful and tasteful, so. Yeah. And it's a little more positive lining to it, so. Yes, yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Well, now we're going to go into the spoilers. So I want to tell the listeners, if you haven't watched the show and don't want to know too much about what happened then just turn this off, come back later after you've watched. But otherwise, you know, you've been warned, there are spoilers ahead. (laughs) Now I'm going to go through, I'm not going to go through, actually. (laughs) I'm not going to go through every single episode and break them down or anything like that. Uh, Mainly just because I'm lazy. But um, (laughs) 
I have notes. I have notes on all of them. Okay, I watched it twice. But we're, we're I, watched, gonna... I, I, I watched it first through through for fun, and then second to take notes because I wanted to make sure I was prepared. You want to come prepared? Come, but come also, it's yeah, good. It was just so good. Like it was definitely. It is very time. good. Yeah. I I just didn't watch it the second time yet because I spent so much time with it because I didn't binge it. I watched oh. it once a day. I really paid attention and thought about stuff over a time period. Okay, and that's how smart. I do things. That's how you're I watch smart. things. I don't really. Yeah. But that's how I do. I sit and I let it soak in, you know. Nice. But um, yeah. I do want to go through the main storylines for each character, so that's where we can get into that. So I think that'll be not too bad. Um, So basically, we're going to start with Kimberly and her overall story arc. So Kimberly is a smart girl from Arizona. She went to public school. She's from a working class family, and she's there on scholarship as well as work study at the cafe Sips, the student cafe. Um, at first she has this boyfriend named Max who is played by the hairy as fuck Matthew Gold. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and we only learn this because she loses her virginity to him and then he breaks up with her the next day. Oh God. And Brutal. you're like, oh, 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 God, he was Brutal. just like, I'm okay with hair, but like some people you're just like, oh, too much, too much. Like, and there's also something just like, he was just so like leachy just with the food thing and then also the you know there's i i love it when men are men are feminists like i love it whenever they are you know positive towards the female experience and everything but whenever men are like i'm a feminist and like it's really judgy about it with other people and uses it as an excuse to to mistreat a woman like oh well you can take it you wear the pants that kind of Uh, thing you know i hate that crap too like i'm a feminist you should be able to do this right you're self you know he was providing woman cringe like Everything about him was horrible. I hated <laughs> him. Gross. God. So, yeah, she starts. So after that, she gets a French tutor, which is um, Leighton's brother, Nico, played mm. by Gavin Leatherwood from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And did you ever see that, by the way? I didn't realize he was in that, and I have not watched it. Although um, our friend Beth from college, um, mm-hmm. she loves that show and she's been trying to get me to watch it so i have not watched it you should it's a little dark so if you know the catholic background or whatnot as far as my family goes it may be uncomfortable at least the first season did because of the devil that bothers me i come from the wackiest religion of all of them so it's (laughs) well yeah (laughs) i was not that it was offensive it just made me uncomfortable you know what i mean it just felt like oh this feels really dark for sabrina and i kind of got past it there's a little bit of like possession and stuff like that in it and and maybe just uncomfortable. Then I kind of went, okay, I'm done. I don't care. I'm just going to watch the damn thing. And I watched it. And I loved it. Okay. I kind of got past that really quick. Because then it gets a little campier, kind of like what Riverdale did. But you expect yeah. that from Sabrina to get campy, you know, right. crazy. That's why I love the Riverdale, Joe but... Hart one. It was so fun. Like, I loved it. And this one still has that fun stuff to it. And it has little nods to the, you know, Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina. So you'd like it, I think. You should just try it out. It's, it, it's really so good. Anyway, Hot Nico was on that show, so I definitely have to watch it because he is like yes. candy for sure. Yes, he is. And um, <laughs> I mean, that's what I was about to ask you. What do you think of Nico? But obviously, yeah, he's... Okay, mixed feelings about him. He's hot, but he's he's got issues. He's got serious problems. He's a douche. He can be a douche he for is, sure. Yeah, yeah. He's very self-centered. That's for damn sure. Yes. He definitely doesn't see anything. Very lacks empathy, I have a feeling. Like, just overall and that's probably his upbringing and the and his parents are monsters he's got that fake empathy yeah i guess faux faux empathy i guess because he wants to have the empathy but he just really doesn't you know like he the way he he's really nice to kimberly and you're like oh he's really cool guy and then he just kind of like blows her off and you're like and he's like what what do you care and you're like (laughs) 
douchebag. Come on. Like, <laughs> I was rooting for you. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. It makes me so mad. And then, you know, okay, so you find out that eventually she and Nico just start hooking up and they start banging all the time, oh almost God. 24-7. That's some pretty steamy uh, sex action, I got to say. Those they do. Steamy. And he's got a nice ass. I'll give I him mean, that. Mm-hmm. But no. he's, he's, he's nice. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very nice. And her are like, wow. I'm sorry. Like, she's got a great little body, too. <laughs> yeah. They're both like, they got literally banging bodies. Like, but, literally um, everyone on this show is hot. Like, it's just really hard to <laughs> really hard to say it no one's hot on the show oh yeah totally all the guys especially for the most part for the most part besides what we just talked about harry as fuck max <laughs> but you know that's that's mainly personality as well that's that's a lot of that i was gonna there, say but. that's not your speed you know you're not into fur i get it it's fine <laughs> i'm okay with hair like i said but it's got to be well kept or just not out of control like you know <laughs> That was just like Man's that was kind of it was gross. Like on. it was that was the amount of hair. It was like it literally looked like a sweater. Like it was what bad. Was the, the line I think Layton says he, he he shed on our couch or something like that. Yes, he shed on our couch, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it really churned my stomach a little bit. It was pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, I had like this was... just the yuck scowl face like the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, kind of like I kind of felt like you know Ernest P. Worrell when he put on that neck brace and became that old lady with the face. Nah, you know, <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I felt like. Nah, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I wear the glasses too, so it goes with it. But um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, she's she's banging Nico left and right through the you know for the most part of the last season, and then all the while he has this girlfriend that nobody knows about except for his sister. That goes to another school, or she's like, she, or she'd been out of the country. I can't remember which one. Out of the country, she's studying in Barcelona. Is the story. that's right? Yeah. Well, I was right on both counts, I guess. But yeah, she does. You know, nobody knows about it. And so, at his surprise party, that's where everybody pretty much finds out. And I wanted to ask you. So you've only watched it once. Did you see? Because I watched it on on the repeat. I picked up the clues. I was like, oh, okay. He deleted oh, the stuff the, that he says and leaves. He a little deleted note. the comment from Instagram because he didn't want her to see it. Like, it's like, it becomes really, you know, that makes sense. And and hindsight, did you see that coming at all? Cause I didn't, I didn't see that at all, but I can understand. But I thought maybe he was like, I don't want to give her the wrong impression as well. Like, you know, like this, it's also from different classes kind of, kind of how duplicitous that character is too. Like it, you know, it's definitely, you know, he was hiding something as well. Yeah, because at one point, audience, he he she has a dress and and she's posing for an Instagram photo, and he writes that dress though, and so the whole episode afterwards was is called that comment though, <laughs> and it's all about why he said that and why he deletes the comment and all this stuff, and it, it's all about the mixed messaging of people do that all the time too. And you're like, why did they do that? And why did they delete it? And why did you know? Yes. <laughs> you analyze the shit to death, and that's and that's also the downfall for you know, society as, as far as like social media goes, we needed to get, you know. Yes. Oh my God. We were so free of that back in the day. Like oh, I miss it so much. I know. Me too. Oh, uh, I you hate know, to be I, I still in the dating about stuff like that, but man, I do. I am very glad that that did not exist. Well, you're, you, yeah, you've got it settled. You've got, you're married. You have a kid. I'm still <laughs> out there and I still have to date. So I don't, I have to deal with the shit still. Oh God. I'm sorry. So I'm yeah, so I don't sorry. like it. I don't like it at all. That's why I don't date that much because I just don't want to deal with it at all. I don't want to deal with that crap. I've had friends who've, you know, gotten divorced or just have always been single. And I'm just like, 
oh you poor things like i just uh, i don't it's not pity it's just it's a it's just a fucking horror show and i'm sorry i Drop the oh, I know. <laughs> I, and, you know, because you only come across people like who are trying to appear a certain way for a certain reason. And you don't really know their motivations for are, are they really this nice person? Are they really this good looking? Is this a good angle? Which I learned that back in my my um, my college days when I was attending that college. You yeah. know, that was the first time we were the beta testers for the damn Internet. And right. I met some guy online and he had taken a picture from an angle and looked completely different when we met. He was uh, not as thin as he looked in the picture. He wasn't as good looking. The way he talked was a little different than he was on the phone. And oh yeah. it was well, yeah, it that, was a horror show. It's interesting that you mentioned that because yes, I did do a fair amount of online dating as well. Because you and I have always been, I feel like, very early adapters to technology, particularly like social aspects of it, you know, instant yeah. message chat rooms and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I, I did a fair amount of that. And that's the thing is like, I remember what it was like then and people still kind of presented phony, but for the most part, I feel like I had pretty decent, authentic relationships with the people that I met back then. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not how I met my husband. Um, it was kind of in a, in a, kind of a little bit in a roundabout way that I, that I met my husband, but um, I just hear people talk about Tinder and Bumble and OkCupid and all this stuff. And it just sounds, it just sounds horrific. <laughs> oh, they're all horrible. And you know, and they're all, it's all the same. And you know what the thing is? You can get on OkCupid, you can get on Tinder, you can get on, and they're all the same. And cause they're all the same people on every single app. Oh, yeah. And literally the same people. That's, I will see the, the same person on this app as this app. And they're saying pretty much the same stuff same or wearing the yeah. same old clothes that they wore back in high school. And I'm over going, that's not a new picture. <laughs> like, who are you trying to fool? Show who you really are. And oh my gosh, just just show your bald head and your horrible style. Just do that. Be be real at least, be yourself, you know. Right. Somebody will like it, not me, but somebody will. <laughs> no, you be you. <laughs> you be you, but just don't be you around me. <laughs> right. You go off be you by yourself. Um that's what people say about me. I know that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> this is why Dustin's alone. Um <laughs> anyway. So Kimberly, let's get back to her. Kimberly has been screwing and banging Nico. You know, she kind of forgives him for the girlfriend thing or whatever, in a way, because at this point she has, since they've been banging, they, she's kind of gotten behind on her studies and is basically starting to flunk out of school. And then when she finds out that he has a girlfriend, she gets mad and goes up to the closet of this fraternity house he stays in and goes through the filing cabinet of all these tests that he showed her that like all these professors who are lazy and they just reuse the same tests over and over. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you can use one of these tests. So she decides to take one of the tests. Then she gets caught cheating. Oh, man. And she's totally not the type to do that, but she did it. You know, she's naive and dumb. She doesn't know how to do it. She doesn't know how to lie. She no. keeps going to the bathroom during the test. Also doesn't like, know how, doesn't know how to apparently take the W like just withdraw from the class or take the L like you're failed. You fucked yourself out of the score. Like uh, that's what oh, just drove me so crazy about that choice. I like know. all these girls, all of these girls have made horrible decisions at one or the other point. Like and actually all four of them made one pretty bad decision that kind of mm-hmm. impacted their entire arc. And like hers was just the, it was the cheating, obviously, but also prioritizing yeah. sex with a hot guy over, over, um, over her studies and her, you know, her basically her. Well, it's her I mean, first sense of freedom academic, too. Exactly, she's there on an academic scholarship. You know, she's even she even jeopardizes her you know work study at one point. Like, thank goodness she had a good boss. But 
And yeah. oh my god! And also, can we talk about her coworkers at Sips? Because Leah oh, yes. and Canyon are like two of my favorites. Like the peripheral characters, like it goes Leela, Jocelyn, Canaan. Jo- <laughs> do you, you know who Jocelyn is, right? She's, she doesn't work at Sips, but she's the one in the dorm that's in the wheelchair. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, yeah. She's all yeah. That's she's that's really that's kind of Bella's main girl though. That's like yes, that's they, she gets freaky with all the guys, you know. <laughs> But she also yeah, like has like very sage advice, kind of like Leela and Kanan do as well. And Kanan was like that's the what's first funny. One. They're so wise beyond their years, but yet they're all the same age. <laughs> yes, right. But yeah, you know well, what? We knew people like that back in college. That is true. We knew those people. They like they knew something, but yeah. at the same time, they were also making stupid mistakes as well. That's the thing. Well, th- here's the thing: is they're all everyone's out on their own in in the adult world as a teenager. And you get to just make your own choices. You know, that's the beauty of college, the college experience and being away from your parents. You know, it's, mm-hmm. we all relished it. So we yeah, all the, do. The, uh, yeah, the cheating that was, I knew she was going to get busted. Did you? I mean, like, I oh just, my God. I and I was waiting for it. And I was like, please don't get busted. Please don't get busted. I was hoping <laughs> that she wouldn't, but then of course it was coming. Yeah. And then she's They're basically, gonna she's going to get expelled. She's going to get expelled. And she decides, you know what? They they kind of come up with a plan. Like, all right, what you got to do is you got to screw over that fraternity. Yeah. And so she's like, all right. She sneaks into the fraternity during another party. And she gets like, they get like the girls from the women's center to kind of distract the guys so that she can sneak in. And because um, the girls from the women's center are kind of all feminists or Actually, say those girls. Are just, those but, are different parties. I can say because now I've. I've are they really? But yeah. So it's oh, that is later on. Yeah. Crap. It's Never the, mind. It's so the you, midterm party where it's it's the anything but clothes party. And she goes in this giant bag, basically. Yes. So she can. Yeah. She's in a gift bag. Yeah. So that she can stuff all these um, <laughs> tests down into it. But then, of course, the gift bag breaks and Nico finds her. And basically, he's like, you know what? I This is where he kind of redeems himself a little bit. Yeah. He's like, you know, I've been an asshole. Go ahead and screw us over here. I'll help you tape up your bag and <laughs> right. and uh, take all these tests. So she takes the test to the administration and they don't expel her, but they do revoke her scholarship. Ugh. And that's where we basically leave off with her. And it's just like, no. Yeah, I had what the you message you know, whenever I was done watching it. Like, I was so furious. I was so furious because and not because she didn't deserve punishment because certainly that kind of ethics violation or honor code violation can't stand, especially when you're there on an academic scholarship. But the fact that the rich girl, when she destroys public property and is drunk in public, basically gets community service by the same Dean. Mm -hmm. And they, take i mean she's in there like pouring her heart out to these people whenever she has her her honor code you know meeting and she basically says look i'm poor let's i don't want to make this a whole thing about why i'm poor but this my spot here means everything to me so they're like okay fine you can have your spot but you don't get any money to stay here and that just oh it just makes me so mad it's so it it's just that's makes, society for you that's for sure the haves and the have-nots man right and and, and I, yeah. Anyway, I won't get too ahead of things, but yeah, that that's that's the thing that really like made me angry about the the end of the season. Well, that's what we're getting to is Layton's overall arc. So yeah. Layton is the spoiled rich girl. She's the blonde. She's you know she's pretty. She's always had whatever she wanted. She shows up at school expecting to room with her her high school girlfriends, but <laughs> she's brutally rejected by them. Oh, that was beautiful. It becomes apparent why because she's such a freaking bitch. Yeah. Yeah. 
but um, they basically like put on their applications. We don't want, we want to room with each other, but not Leighton. They both say it and she <laughs> finds out. And so she's like, well, fine, whatever. I like these girls I'm staying with now anyway. So she, she stays in her dorm room, even though she, she kept begrudgingly and she kind of wants to leave the school altogether, but she doesn't. Um, then we find out she's secretly hooking up with wind windman. I can't talk. Windman. <laughs> <laughs> she's hooking up with women via dating apps. You're like, Oh, Oh, she's a lesbian. Okay. Yeah. Well, she's got she another side to her. Completely aberrant as a character. Had she not had something redeeming about her. It's right. Like, okay. And so you're now like, now oh. we get why she's secretive. Now we get why she's kind why of she's nice so pissed queen. off and repressed. And yeah. Yes. Yes. So, at one point she, you know, I'm not going to go into details, but she basically, she's, she's, you know, she's in the closet. She hates it, whatever. She ends up getting drunk and she throws a bottle um, at a campus statue. And like you said, she gets sentenced to community service instead of getting expelled. You know, she's like, I'll just write a check. And they're like, no, 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 you got to do the community service. Oh, we can go up to $10,000 or, you know, whatever. Like, no, 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 community service. And And so she ends up having to go to the women's center for her community service. Yeah. Which is which and is a thing of beauty. I, I mean, it was a thing of beauty. It's perfect for her. It's perfect for her arc because this is where she meets. Well, we have a lot of um, trans women there, or uh, or people who are non-binary. non-binary and she, yeah. she's just not buying it. She's really rude about it at the beginning. You know, she's like, whatever. I don't give a shit. You know, she's like, she well, doesn't I mean, want to sit in their chairs. It's because she's hiding out. You know, she doesn't want them to d- get the whiff on of her. You know, gayness. Like she doesn't Deflection. want to give up any vibes that she like belongs here which you know she kind of does like by Mm -hmm. the time's all said and done like she actually had a nice little niche there she did and then like i said she's you know she's like i'm not gonna sit in your poor people chairs i'm gonna get my own chair and (laughs) just stupid stuff like that and the head the head um of this whole thing is alicia who oh, is yeah. Midori Francis from Dash and Lily on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But oh, I love she, that show so much. I was actually going to mention that I love that show so much. Yeah, it's a great she book, is too. darling. She is darling. She is. She's very, I love her. And I, I hope she's in more stuff. And I hope she's more in more in this more, actually, coming forward. But we'll Me see. Me, too. I will see. Um, but, um, yeah, and I, what happens yeah. with them is at that party I was mentioning earlier, where she invites the women's center to go to the frat, her brother Nico's frat party. Where they actually have a good time. <laughs> they it's, it was interesting. They do they they churched it up like the the frat churched it up because they knew feminists were coming. So they you know they they toss all the the racially problematic elements, which you see a bunch of sombreros in the trash because it was um it was a an Olympics party. It was a Theta Olympics party. Remember there were all different kinds yeah. of things and you know uh. The, the treadmills and you know the, all the shuffleboard the, with the beer it was I mean it looked like a fun party God I would have killed to go to something I would have like loved that. to have gone now I would love to go to that party but, but they know. definitely scrubbed it down so that the you know the the girls can be there and there was one really interesting uh, part where she's talking to Alicia uh, Leighton is and she goes oh it was whenever she saw the sombreros in the trash she goes oh well they when they knew we were coming um they, they kind of took some of that stuff away. And she goes, you just said we. She's like, are you one of us? Like, it was just, like, it's right before she finds out that she's gay, that she was like, wait a minute. Are you cool? <laughs> are you? She let something slip in a way, basically. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Like, hmm. Well, she is kind of one of them at this point because she's kind of getting along with everybody a little bit more. Yeah. And... Except for Ginger. Like that, oh my God, she cracks me up. <laughs> 
poor gender. I'm just <laughs> just zero personality. Zero. <laughs> no, no gender. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, okay, well, let's get into Alicia a little bit. Do you like Alicia as a character, or do you kind of? Oh yeah. You want more of her, I guess. Absolutely. I think she's a great character. It's unclear if the Women's Center is part of the community or part of the college. Like, is that a... I assume it's part of the college because she got community service there via the college. Yeah, and it is Essex Women's Center. But I was just like, is she a student? I can't tell if she's a student because she lives off campus, you know, housing. Like, I, I I couldn't tell, like, what her... That felt so familiar. That that camp, that hallway in the cheap, like off-campus housing for like teenagers. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> felt just, very you know, familiar. How it's a complete hole and like ever how everything was when it's crazy. Okay, so the the college that shall not be named that we went to is now like just a beacon of like technology and new tech, new you know new um or they have that huge art center. They have these huge dorms. Like it was a dump when we went there it was a oh my gosh dump there were there was a whole like murder thing like the year before i got there there was a girl like found in the pond behind my dorm with her head cut off (laughs) there were campus trailers there were campus trailers dustin like this was where we went to school (laughs) and i mean the place was haunted as all get out like all these dorms were haunted there was like fires that had been there and it's a bunch of craziness you know, it felt like when I walked there, and I remember when I first went there, I was like, this feels like the campus from Scream 2. Oh, no. And you still... That's went, what it looked like. And you still Yeah, but I mean, because it looked cool and old, you know. I was like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, that's what it felt like, though. It looked like the campus from Scream 2, all brick and old and, you know, colonial, I guess. But, I mean, you know. it is cool. I mean, I, I do like the the older architectural elements to it, but, like, they did zero... They did nothing to retrofit it. They did absolutely Mm-mm. nothing. It was horribly done. Horribly. It was Everybody had to bring their own like window fans and stuff because there was no AC in a lot of the dorms, you know, and just oh, it was horrible. God, which is like a anyway sentence in Missouri, but yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Lord. Mm-mm. Anyway, but so yes, yeah, uh, where that's the thing. I, I was a little confused about whether she would be continuing on the storyline. I don't think things are resolved between her and Leighton. I definitely don't no. They'll probably take it. a break from her for a little bit while Leighton gets her shit together. But yeah. I think you know. But, you know, so basically they at this party, at the end of the party, like Alicia gets mad at this guy who makes like a a, a comment about the dykes or something like that. And she decides she's going to beat his ass. And, and she, um, does, <laughs> she does. And you're like, well, shit, calm down and um, like walk away. And so Leighton pulls her away. And then Leighton's like, eventually just something happens and Leighton just kisses her. And you're like, oh, oh, you know, now they're kind of getting together, getting, they're meeting up in secret and everything. And Alicia's like. I don't like this. I don't like how we're in secret. I don't want to go back in the closet. You know, I don't want to have to be in a secret relationship. I got out of the closet for a reason. This feels like a big step back and I don't want to do that. So she breaks up with Leighton. Now Leighton's all depressed and, you know, she's really sad. Right. You know why? Why? She's never been in a relationship before. No, because she's always hooked up with just hooking up. She would be on the app and she would immediately block them and delete them. After and then she ran, sex. and then sometimes she accidentally hooked up with them again. She's like, oh, we've already, oh, you know, oh. or 
somebody tried to get close to her and she's like, nope, I'm done. And you're done. We're not doing this. We're not doing this talk. We're not doing this. And oh, that this was is the, the first person the that she came to respect. I was confused by that whole interaction with the hookup with the the suburban mom and the minivan. That was very weird. That was it strange. Also felt, it felt kind of necessary for like the her storyline, but it was kind of clunky. Like that was a little weird. That was really strange. And it was really uncomfortable. I don't know if they're, I hope they don't bring that back, but. And I'm like, wait, so is she like married and hooking up with a teenager or is she divorced? Like, I just like, she has a baby seat in her van. It was very, it was just weird. It didn't. It did not feel like a comfortable situation, but it seems like some kind of situation I would have found myself in back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) That I'd be like, why am I doing this? Why am I with this person? Okay. All right. So yeah. Okay. I guess I I can get that. It felt like, you know, like this feels shady. I don't like it but I'm still in the situation and you know, that's, you know, I can kind of sympathize with Leighton in that situation, especially like now get away from this This is too much. It's too much for a college girl. And maybe this is me just being naive because I've mostly dated straight people. Like I've mostly straight dated. I I identify as pan or bi, but I, I haven't like hooked up with people on apps, um, you know, same sex or with non-binary or trans. So is that pretty common? Like in, Oh, there, I haven't, like I haven't dating? sought out anybody to hook up with on an app, but I have seen that they're like, you know, they want to be, when they say discreet, that usually means that they're with somebody oh. or they're in the closet. Okay. Okay. You know, um, okay. most of the time when you hear, see the word discreet, you're like, huh, why are they want to be discreet? Well, it's because they're not out obviously and huh. or to themselves or to anybody else. And they're just kind of, you know, or somebody goes, I like to play. I'm married, married straight guy. I'm like, you're not straight if you're playing, if you're quote playing with gay guys it doesn't make any sense i'm sorry it's really sad and it's scary because you don't know what type of person that is and if they're going to lash out at some point because they're too scared to be themselves you know right right so it's like don't even go near those people to me for me personally if you want to do it that's your risk that's the risk you want to take go for it but not for me (laughs) wow you know that's scary out there man wow yeah (laughs) but anyway Well, that's why that's why she was so hurt is because she like really kind of had her heart broken like she was falling in yeah. love with this girl and she starts to soften up finally and mm. she's over here crying in her dorm room and Kimberly's like what's what's going on she's like, leave me alone and Kimberly's like I'm not leaving you alone this time yeah I'm not listening to you this time she's like what's wrong and finally she comes out to Kimberly of all people and you're like yeah. and Kimberly's just like oh okay well thank you for telling me kind that of was you know such a- beautiful moment like it was handled so well like you know like had she come out to anybody else it would have been awkward I feel like it was really a natural conversation that they had yeah she, was she found like, an ally in her dorm you know it's cool yeah and I don't think the other girls will care it's just that they won't handle it the way Kimberly did no oh, Kimberly's got that motherly approach to things you know right and Bella's like constantly well, if you say no to that, what will you say yes to? You know, she's constantly about the boys, like just totally boy. She probably would have made a joke out of it and it would have been yeah. bad. And yeah. Whitney would have just probably felt awkward, even though she has a gay friend. She's totally fine with, you know, you know, uh, with her, her, her friend that is a lesbian on their soccer team. She's oh, yeah, totally fine with her. Right. But, you know, being in the dorm room and, you know, it, it's going to be a different vibe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I totally get it. And I'm like, oh, I'm so happy that they're, you know. <laughs> and at I least that's that, a good step I, I love that she's like is there a possibility you're telling me just me this because there's a possibility i'll be expelled and she's like and the line was something like not on any level i i can not, that i realize or something that she consciously <laughs> thought of <laughs> yeah it's like okay <laughs> i'll take it whatever yeah 
Because that's the thing is, of, of the four, those two are the furthest apart. They really aren't friends. They're the opposite ends of the spectrum. They really yeah. aren't. And then really rich a, and really poor. And there was, well, not only that, but they're just not, I think that Leighton kind of finds her really tacky. Like, she's nice towards her, but also there's been the fallout from her banging her brother. And so they, they weren't really super close, like, you know, uh, Whitney and, and Leighton or even Bella and Leighton were. Right. You know, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think this is what's going to be the catalyst to f- help them find more common ground going yeah. forward. You know, they both had their vulnerabilities and they both made some mistakes and they're yeah. both going to start to see that in each other. And like, you know what, as far as like our class system or whatever, what ends we're on, uh, you know, what our tastes and things are, whatever there's, we have some common ground in that, you know, we're just humans going through the motions of <laughs> trying to find ourselves in college, you know? Right. Right. Okay, let's go into Whitney. So um, Whitney is a senator's daughter. She comes all the way to Vermont from Washington State to get away from being the, quote, senator's daughter. Basically, she doesn't want to be hounded um, by the press and, you know, just doesn't want to be seen under that watchful eye of the government, I guess. And her mother, who is played brilliantly by Sherry Shepard. Just, it's an awesome role. I almost didn't really recognize her. I was like, I know this woman. I know who she is. Why did I know? She was in 30 Rock, wasn't she? Didn't she play Tracy Jordan's wife in 30 Rock? I have a feeling that she did, but I didn't. I don't know. I never really watched 30 Rock all the way, so I'm not quite sure. But um, I was like, oh my God, she's just, it's perfect. Perfect role for her. she's great. She's great. Yeah. You know, just kind of a bitch, but she's kind of, at the same time, you, she doesn't pay attention. She's like, oh, let me take this phone call or let me take this, you know, I'm going to take this picture of these people because she's always representing herself kind of yes. thing. You know, she's always, it's always selling herself it's and the Whitney's just over it. And she's not like a state senator. She's not a congressperson. She is a United States senator. That's a big deal. Like that's a, yes. you know, that's a big deal. She's yeah, she's got a big and she's got to keep up this appearance all the time. And and she gets so she wants to go to the other side of the country to kind of get away from her mom and having to keep up this appearance all the time, you know, right. Even though everybody knows who she is. Right. <laughs> they all know she's the senator's daughter. So Baby it's kind of like, mm. right. Yeah. <laughs> but she's also the star athlete on this soccer team, the women's soccer team in Essex. And her teammates basically resent her for being put into starting positions and you know, you're like, oh, I kind of would too. She's new. And is she really that good? Apparently she is that good. But then you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, and you find out she's having an affair with the the married assistant coach, Dalton. God, he's just the creepiest creep. I'm sorry. And he's an idiot. He's an idiot. I am like, first of all, when did this relationship start? Because It's presented that this is the first day because her mom is there, but maybe she's there for camp beforehand. That's entirely possible. But like, how did they really get to like banging on the first day? Like how did he like help recruit her? And this is what happened in the recruiting process, which is a whole nother can of worms. But yeah, maybe because then that's just grooming and that's really super creepy. But yeah, it is really creepy. And he's like, you know, she she tries to like she gets mad at him because he's married. She finds out and then she kind of, she wants to kind of get back at him. So she has this like hookup with Kanan, who's Kimberly's coworker at Sips. And um, they had, they hit, they hit it off really well, but then she kind of ditches him and goes back to Dalton because Dalton is going to, Hey, I'm going to leave my wife. And I'm going to tell her I'm leaving her. Yeah. And it seems like he's going to at first, but then he just becomes a coward and doesn't do it. Yeah. And so she finds out and they break up. I think she throws something. What does she throw at his car and breaks the window? It's a rock. Like it's a big ass. 
fuck? Yeah, she hauls that damn thing. And I'm like, he can't say anything because, you know. But then eventually you find out that Dalton is fired. And I think it has something to do with his wife getting suspicious. And um, he like checked his phone and saw. Oh, it was like a Google search. Can can you get arrested for having sex with a a player or something like it was like, that's how dumb this guy is. He's like not clearing his cash. He's not doing anything to like cover. He's a moron and he's not. And he's a suspicious person because the way you watch him, how he interacts with his wife. I'm like, I would totally suspect something is up. He's just a creep. He's just a creep. There's just no other word for him. He's just, he's, I don't think he's attractive at all. And what is with that hair? Anyway, I can go on and on about how gross this guy is, but yeah. He looks like he has BO too. He just does. I don't know. Completely unworthy of such a tasty little morsel and like just a smart and talented woman. Like, it's like, are you kidding me? I really don't get it. And you know, she wants to tell somebody, but she only tells like her, her teammate. I can't remember her name. What's her name? It's Willow. Um, Willow is the. Willow. I guess one of the other forts, I don't know soccer at all, but yeah, she's one of the upperclassmen that she really kind of gels with. And it feels like it might be because they're, I think might maybe the only two black girls on the team. Yeah. Um, but she's kind of so the too. one that is looking out for her from day one. I yeah. Like and she's, yeah, she well becomes a really good confidant too. And she even helps her like, yeah. you know, um, uh, and a little scheme a little bit trying to distract uh the scene with, um, the scene with her mom and like her faking that she was the girl it's like oh my god that was hilarious. yes and that's where she's like yeah it was totally me totally me yep that was me <laughs> and you're like that's not even a good acting job but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but anyway so dalton gets fired and for some reason because you have the the head coach coach woods and she comes clean to her and says, it was me. I was the one having the affair with Dalton. You know, she's like, well, I'm not going to say anything. You know, we all make yeah. mistakes. You're young. This shouldn't follow you around for the rest of your life, which is nice. I'm glad that she said that. Yeah. But then Coach Woods gets let go. Well, and that pisses me her, off. It's on her watch, though. It's it's all under I'm, her command. That's She's the head coach. That's I just think is. that's crap. That just happened. You know, I just like, how can you, you can't, afford, you know, that doesn't make any damn sense. Like, well, the thing it, is that there have to be stakes for it to be a really good show. And that's the well, thing. I, I mean, I agree. I agree. I get why, that. You know, like, but that's the thing is it's like, ah, oh, that's so, it, cause you know, and she's gay and like, she just like has this really sweet family dynamic. You can see whenever she went to her house to tell her and it's just like, ah, oh. I knew, see, I did know that that was coming. I was like, they're both going to lose their jobs. It made start. me mad still. I still got mad because it yeah. just didn't feel right. But, you know, so basically Whitney ends up having a heart to heart with her mother finally. And she, you know, they kind of, she tells her, you know, about everything that happened. The mom goes, you know what? You're young. It's happened. We can't do anything about it. So just, you know, she doesn't give her a guilt trip about it, which is what's great. You're like, you think that the mom is going to be that way because the way that the mom is, right? you know, so ab- abrasive and so, you know, demanding in a way of how Whitney should present herself. And, and then she's not, she's very nurturing about this situation. And, and it's really nice. It's a nice little moment between them, yeah. um, which I loved. I thought that was great. And then yeah. um, Whitney decides she's going to try to give it a, a better go with Kanan and go back, you know, try to start date him, which is nice as well. Cause he's a good guy as well. He is a good guy. I really like, he's funny. He's just funny. And he was also, you know, t- like warning Kimberly from day one, dude, you got to do your econ work. Like you're, you're going to fall behind. Like he's, He's looking out like he's he's good. Mm -hmm. good And, you know, even though they kind of gang up on Kimberly at first and kind of make her feel, you know, like silly and, you know, making up stuff about him being like a gang member or selling drugs or whatever. And 
And, uh, you know, but he ends up being really solid with her. And I thought that was really great, especially uh, the other girl. Oh, my gosh, I forgot her name again. Some Leela. Sips. Leela. Leela. She, she's so awesome. I, I just, I think she's so funny. Oh, she's my hilarious. gosh, she's so funny. And the way she talks about Nico is <laughs> Yes. Oh my god. She is all up on Nika. Oh my god, it's awesome. <laughs> Living vicariously through Kimberly. It's right. great. Uh, so okay, that's where we leave off with Whitney. Now we're gonna go into Bella's story on the one that we like the most. Yeah, so, right. We saved the best for best for last, obviously. Exactly. So Bella is basically the Mindy Kaling character in a way. Um she grew up in a strict Indian household, really, you know, restrictive. And so now that she's out on her own, she just wants to join this exclusive comedy club on campus called the Cotillion. And um, I can't give it like Cotillion, but it's Cotillion. Cotillion. Um, it is very clunky. Like it doesn't, it doesn't. Think it doesn't feel like right to say. Like I don't know right, why. Right. But um, but and then she wants to do that, and she also just wants to get it on with hot guys all the time. That's all she can talk about. <laughs> she has with these like little abs. must have ripped abs. <laughs> must have ripped abs. Like she ends up with this one guy who just thinks she's hilarious, and she's like, "Oh, you're like, what does she call him?" The chuckle fucker. She calls him a chuckle fucker. <laughs> But because he only wants to have sex with her because he, she makes him laugh. She, yes. she He compares her to Larry David. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she compares him to somebody else. Yeah, I, for, I forget. Was it Ryan Goss? No, it was like some other super hot. Some guy. other hot guy. He's like, yeah, you're like this guy. He's like, yeah, you're like Larry David. She's like, what? <laughs> you're hot like Larry line. David. He's like, what's such wrong with you? Line. <laughs> She's so quotable. I can't remember her quotes right now off the top of my head, but she is so quotable. She's just so funny. Oh my God. I love Bella. She's great. But yeah. So like her whole like first semester is really pledging this, this, this comedy it's a, society, it's a basically comedy paper society. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she, it's the only way she seems like she, she thinks she can get in. She goes to this party and gives all the guys hand jobs at this party. <laughs> oh my God. So she's basically slutted her way into the Catullin and, <laughs> At first, the other girls are not happy with her, well, that's the thing. mainly like, because most of those guys were their boyfriends. The Well, the advice from her friends was to, you know, just be chill, you know, just go in there and like, just show, you know, just, you know, just, just be cool. Like, so that hang. you're funny. Yeah. And so she can, you know, she, she translates that into give six guys, six guys hand jobs. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Yeah. I mean, wow. But some <laughs> So one of the the co-chairs of like the admitting part of the society is Evangeline, who's Sierra Catal. And she's like, no, bitch, we don't like you because we had our boyfriends and you gave them all hand jobs. And they're like, oh, crap. So she's got to make it right with them. But it's, yeah, she does kind of. She finally comes to terms and like, I'm sorry, you know, and they're like, we're, you know, and then especially Evangeline kind of becomes an ally, you know. Um, But it's also obvious that she's really talented, though, because despite Mm -hmm. that like she still makes the cut like she's and not only that but like she keeps getting like her pieces keep getting chosen her pitches keep getting chosen so she like knows what's up they know that she's good and she knows what's funny too she's like okay this is really stupid this isn't funny you know why are these people in this (laughs) i thought i was supposed you know what i mean like i thought this was supposed to be exclusive why are these fuckers in this the one guy that like is pitching his cousin or (laughs) he's and they're like, use spell check. Like, I forget the character's name, but he's just kind of a punchline because he's such a dumbass. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, yeah, these people are just like not up to her part. And she starts to realize that she, I'm above these people, especially the guys. She's above yeah. their class of funny, you know? Yeah. And at one point, this guy named Ryan, who's played by Connor Donnelly, he's the co-head of the Catullan group. He 
kind of sh- during like this introductory thing, he shows her porn in his room. He's let me show you this funny video, and like puts on porn, and she's like, um, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's only funny because it's awkward, and and then later on, like during like the, one of the last rounds of like you know trying to get in, he takes the group on a tour of the Catalan house. And when he gets her alone, like everybody else leaves, he just walks behind her and presses his boner against her back. Ugh, gross. And it's like that right there made me feel I was like this feels like st- something that happened in college or well, the type of guy that we've met. Oh, yeah. We've definitely met that guy more than one occasion. But, yeah, it's it's like one of those things where now people are realizing, oh, that's sexual assault. Like you don't have to like rape someone for it to be assault like that was a full-on assault and both it's, it's enough to yeah just be touched in a way or just like even the porn thing was like kind of assault in a way I mean, yeah, it wasn't absolutely. so bad absolutely because that's completely inappropriate yeah it's to say here watch this funny video of me and then put on porn yeah no and i'm like i would have said what's funny about this well and <laughs> like, her response whenever he like physically you know puts himself on her she's like i don't want to do whatever this is like and she just gets the hell out of there you know like that's well, good for her though too right. in fact that she spoke up right then and there and that's how i was like oh thank god get out of that get out of that right. situation this feels really rapey it feels really ugh. Yeah, so gross. she kind of decides that she's you know she's uncomfortable with ryan she keeps looking at him every time he's in the room and just like and he like looks at her from like behind when when they're like, hey, you're in the group. She's like, great. And he's like out in the hallway just looking at her in this creepy way. And it's like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. It's almost like he's waiting for her to say something or to see if she's going to say something. Mm-hmm. I, he know. knows. He knows what he did was wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And then turns out this other girl, is it Carla? Her name is, is Carla. Name? And I don't know if you um, are familiar, but uh, there is a Saturday Night Live writer named Paula Pell. She's on AP uh-huh. Bio and a couple. She was on Love and she's on a couple of things. Oh, she's on um, uh, Girls Five Eva. Oh, she is. Okay, she mm-hmm. is a dead ringer for Paula Pell. Like if she was young, like that, like that's what I saw. I was like, is that on purpose? Because she's like a really famed like former Saturday Night Live. She wrote a lot of stuff for Kristen Wiig back in the day. Like mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's. She's oh, hilarious. Like, I've seen her. She, when I saw her in Girls 5 Eva, I was like, oh my God, I love Paula Bell. She's Bale. a riot. But yeah, Carla reminds me a lot of her just because she's super awkward and, and just physically the hair and the glasses and everything. But. The only thing is Carla is not funny <laughs> at all. I, see, I think she is. I think she's just super duper awkward. And also you have the situation where somebody, the same yeah. guy, showed her his dick unsolicited. Like, that's a really awkward position to be in, you know. You and get she goes to Bella and is like, um, so Ryan did this thing, and and Bella's like, oh, and kind of shuns her at first because she doesn't want to admit that it happened to her too. But then she finally says, you know, I'm really sorry because because yeah. not only Carla does she leaves. not want to admit it, but I think because she doesn't really like Carla, <laughs> like she really does not right. vibe with her. She just want to be a comrade with her, no, like no. she's like, I, eh, you keep that over there, right? So then I'm she finds out that me. Carla left the group. She left the Catullan and. Yeah. Like she, then Bella's like, all right, I have to come forward. Like I have to do it. So she does. And she tells Eric and um, Evangeline, she's like, Hey, um, Ryan did this thing to me. And Eric's like, Eric is the other co-head of the group. And I think it's his name, Makai Leaper. And he's like, no, no, he's my friend. He wouldn't have done that. Nope. Nope. He wouldn't. I'm like, why are you instantly, you don't want to believe it, but it's the total sorry, it's wrong true. response, right? The 100% wrong male response. And fortunately there's a woman in the room because she's like, I'm going to believe her because they're, and she's, know, I'm not the only one either. Right. Right. She's and that's like, the I'm going to believe that this is not, you know, so 
it's just like thank god there was a woman in the room because this is eric is one of those ones that he's he's super uh, he's super suppressive asshole like he's just for everybody he just shoots down everybody's ideas even if they're funny and he thinks he's hilarious and he's really not he's that guy in comedy where he's like he's almost like the you know the where they had the um alumni dinner and that that creep asshole made terrible comments to bella like the big you know um it was a big celebrity you know that was yeah a he'd become alum. a big celebrity and he's like and he wasn't like funny he has at all that energy where it's like oh that's cute you think you're funny you know like that guy but he's n- we find out that he's not but that's like the energy that he has where he's just like oh no one's funny but me here like you know like right because his elitist bullshit yeah, I agree. And 100%, like, that's who he was trying to be is that guy. Yeah. And that's not who he is because eventually he comes around and he kicks Ryan out. But it kind of dismantles the whole Catullan because, you know, everybody kind of starts leaving. Yeah. But it's it's this moment where we kind of think he kind of tells her at the end when she's going to that party that, you know, anything but clothing party or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she's um, wearing caution tape. <laughs> all over herself and she's like he goes this is what happened and, you know and we were roommates it was his place now i gotta find me a place and blah 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 and there's just kind of this moment where you're kind of like are eric and bella gonna hit it off romantically it kind of it had was, this feeling it was a nice it. little yeah it was a where nice he kind of became a different character altogether and or if anything you see the possibility that there's going to be some kind of collaboration there you know there's going right. to be some kind of relationship and it was also really <laughs> I love the part where she, where he's like, I'm going to have to ask my dads for money. And she's like, oh, you have two dads? And he's like, oh, she says, that's fun. He's like, it's fun to have two dads. <laughs> well, that's fun. I know. But again, like you said earlier, it's a good thing that Layton didn't come out to Bella. And, and probably the reason why is because that would have been her response. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> well, that's fun. Good for you. You know, like kind of in condescending way in a way. A yeah. little bit patronizing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, but that's Bella for you. You know, she doesn't really think before she does things or says things. (laughs) But the good thing is for her, since they, they, you know, completely dismantle the Catullan, like the other female comedy writers, namely Evangeline, come up and, hey, we're going to start our own women's comedy society and we want you to be a part of it, you know, and we're going to start it all together. Are you down? And she's like, all right, let's do this. So, yeah, that's really cool. And I think that's really neat place to leave off for her, you know, like what's going to happen there, you know? Definitely. She definitely has the most positive storyline. Like I think of everyone, even though, like you said, it did get really dark for her. It did. And it felt like, Oh, what's going to happen? Is he going to do something to her? Is he going to attack her? I was so scared for her. I was like, Oh man, what's going to happen? He just had that dead eyed kind of, you know, sexual predator vibe to him. I had to keep telling myself, this is a comedy show. They're not going to go there. They're They're not not going to go there on a comedy show. Right. They're not going to do that. Right. They just made it uncomfortable. Uncomfortable enough to where you're like, oh, but then they made it funny again. I was like, oh, thank God. All right, good. And <laughs> <laughs> just made it really awkward. So, yeah. So what do you think um, as far as like scenes or episodes, like what's ones that like stand out in your mind? Oh, man. Parents dinner. Uh, yes. Oh my God. That dinner was excruciating. Like that was the most great- uncomfortable thing ever. Oh my God. God, and just like the Republican Layton's dad and the Democrat Whitney's mom. And then you have the poor and the rich and the, oh my God, it was. And then you have all the texting conversations back and forth at the table <laughs> between I everybody. Say, I love that. I love now that that's integrated into shows and obviously it was going to be, but I, I love that. 
Partly I like how we see it. Not we don't have to glance at their phone. We just see little bubbles come up on the screen, yes, like subtitles yes, in a way. I love that it's done that way now. I, I really like that about modern TV. It's cool. They do that on Gossip Girl as well. The new Gossip Girl, which is you should watch that because that's, I haven't that's gotten fun. into that one yet. I haven't even watched the original. I was not really on my. It's radar. completely different from the original one. It's a lot <laughs> okay. darker. Oh, of course, of course. A lot more risque. A lot more new to the you know. <laughs> but yeah, I totally get that. And you know, you have like you have. Um, poor Whitney is looking for her dad to show up and he just doesn't show up. And you, she has to like, the mom kind of has to play this villain role. And she's finally like, I'm tired of playing this villain role. I didn't, yeah. you know, your dad's the one who's not showing up and I'm here. I'm the one who showed up. That's so and fair finally, too. Like, that's that's so, where they like, first. That's so valid of her to say that. Like a lot of, a lot of kids of divorce do that. They're like, they want the one that's never there. That's never showing up because the one that is there is always on their ass to, to, to raise them, you know, like, so. And not to be cool. sexist, but it usually is the mom and who's the one who's, you know, they're the oh, most yeah. and That's not sexist. the dad's usually the absent one as far as <laughs> most situations. Not everybody, obviously, but you know, I that's know, just a typical situation. The vast majority, if it's co-parenting at all, it's usually mom doing the lion's share, even in married relationships. <laughs> Truth. That's totally true. And then you have like, you have people like um, Nicole Sullivan, who's playing Kimberly's mom, who just oh, love, God, her. I love her. She's so, and she and like gives all the women at the the purse hooks. She gives them all purse hooks to hang yeah. their purses up so they won't touch the floor. Which is like a total joke to all you know to the rich bitch because you know her her. But then so, Layton's like, you know what? I'm going to use this purse hook. I really like it. This is really nice. Well, just thing. to she's show like, her mom up. She's doing it just to piss her mom off. She's like, oh shit, this fucking works. Like she's like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god. And the, I mean, Layton's mom is, it, they totally make a joke out of it, but it's totally true. Like she totally has the hots for her own son. Oh, it's, it's, so it's really sick. It's, so gross. <laughs> it's really gross. Ugh. Ugh. Oh man. Oh, and just man. Uh, like her dad, like having the whole big thing about everyone being like his legacy, everyone going to Essex. Like he's just a total douchebag too. And not yeah, only that. Is. Rob Hubel I, is great at that though. Oh, he is. Oh, he's always playing some kind of weird, creepy douche. Like, he's great at it. But he's kind of lovable at the same time, even though you kind of hate him. I remember him most from The League. I don't know. You probably, I don't know if you ever watched it, but I love that show. I did. And it's just about toxic males. Like, it's it's fucking hilarious. But he plays, like, this really creepy, like, always exchanging sex for money. And, like, it's just a really funny role. (laughs) I think one of the first things I saw him in was, like, Best Week Ever on VH1. Oh, oh, you know, yeah. they, they oh, would like interview funny. all those celebrities or best year ever or whatever. You know, it's interesting he, because Paul Shear, who's also on the league, was one of those that was always on like a show like yep. that. Yeah. A lot of people were. A lot of people who are big now were, you know, like yeah, Kumal Nanjiani was one of them, I think. Oh, um, wow. I did not Lonnie Love. That. A lot of people who got bigger later on were on that show. <laughs> and it's it's pretty neat. I kind of wish they'd bring it back because I really like that show. But um I just love commentary shows on stupid stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that I just was like, a, it was a great, it was a great moment of like meeting up on the classes that episode because you have the dad and here's what's really tacky is you have the guy who arguably has the most money in the room and he's sitting here like splitting up the bill and like looking at who's putting in what. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, ugh. yeah. Anyway. And poor Kimberly gets like latent card and the mom figures it out and it's oh that's so well, embarrassing that's it's, it's, and it's the dad that points it out it's like dude you could have just let it go like and you had to make it make a thing of it it was just really 
skeevy. And it just really shows like why Leighton is the way she is, why Nico is the way they were raised by nannies, you know, like, but you know what though? I think that helped Leighton as far as like her relationship with her roommates, because she kind of sees how she's been treating them based on how her parents treat them. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? They're not that bad. Why am I treating them this way? I think that's kind of part of it, you know, especially since she's going through her own crap and suppressing her own, you know, sexuality and whatnot. So just not even, not even that. sexuality. That's the thing is her big, de- her big deal is that she doesn't want her sexuality to become her identity, but sorry, unfortunately they're inextricably linked. You can't have an identity without that being part of it. Like, you know, like it's, you don't have right. to be, you know, waving a f- rainbow flag in someone's face all day, every day. And but it's going to influence what you do and what you say, how you act towards people, you know, everything. you're friends with. And yeah, political leanings. Like, it's just, it just is. And like, that's the thing is she, I think she realizes by the end of this, and this is why she comes out, at least to one person, is she's like, I don't want to keep living like this anymore. This is, she's not, she's a non-person. She has no personality. She has no relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Just bitchy. That's her personality is yeah, bitchy. <laughs> just like, oh, and not only, first of all, one of the. One of my main um, uh, pet peeves about this show is her character in specific. I think I, I think I, of ten episodes, there were at least five times where she says, "Well, I'm from New York City," or something about New York City, and I'm from the Upper East Side, or whatever. Like she's constantly name dropping that she's like from New York. It's like I don't think anybody who's from New York does that. Do you? Mm, I don't. Not that I know of. It just seemed inauthentic. Like it was just like we get it. Okay. We okay. You're you're better than everybody. Okay. And I guess that's like the hallmark of it. But it just felt really kind of forced. And kind of yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I I mean, maybe it has something to do with the rich people of New York. I don't know. But and that's the things I have a feeling they're in Vermont. There are going to be a fair amount of kids from New York City there. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. (laughs) I don't know. But one of the other things I want to say was like. Um, when they first show up and like they pull up at, at Essex to drop off Kimberly and they see that couple <laughs> making out and then her mom sees that guy. I can see your erection. I can see <laughs> your erection. <laughs> and that's where Kimberly like sees Nico running by for the first time uh-huh. and she's like in slow-mo and she's lusting after him and he totally notices and he even says it later on. You noticed me kind of thing. That's the other part of him is it's like he was like he remembered that like he remembered her. It wasn't a throwaway for him. It was like he's thinking about stuff, you know. Even mm-hmm. though he knows he's hot shit. I mean, oh my God. Like, you don't run around well, with that you? shirt off without knowing you're hot shit. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like all that. And then, oh, oh, oh. And the RA. I think his name's Freud. Oh my God. Freud. He was great. <laughs> he is just hilariously clueless and optimistic. Oh my God. But so I nice. honestly yeah. started thinking, I was like, is he going to, is something darker going to come out about him? Like he's growing weed in his dorm room or something? <laughs> like, it didn't happen, but I was kind of hoping for it. And maybe we'll get more of that. I don't know. I, I want to see a little bit more of him. I think well, he's funny. There's, it's, it's the same episode, the parents weekend, where he's like, they're all like, okay, I think we all need to like say what lies we've been saying so we can all corroborate with our, you know, when our parents are in town and everyone just starts coming out with this stuff. And Jocelyn's like, okay, nobody mentioned anything about my fake ID business. And he's like, I have to leave the room. I can't hear this. Like, he was, <laughs> it's such a such a great moment. I, it's funny because I was an RA for a very brief stint at, at our school. And fortunately, I didn't have to do any of the stuff that he did. But it was, uh, 
Yeah. People would come to ask you stuff and you're like, I don't know, man, I'm like a year older than you. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that that same meeting, like the first episode is like, um, you know, you have like the, you have that one guy's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just want to say that I'm gay and I'm coming out. And everybody's like, oh, <laughs> he's so cute. You know what I mean? He's like a really, he's one of the quote hot gays. And then all of a sudden the other one who's Travis, who's obviously, gay. okay. So I just want to say I'm gay too. And I'm totally out of the closet now. So, okay. And everybody's like, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> he's totally out of the closet. But then again, whenever his parents are in town, he's not gay. And they're all like, All right. Okay. Tell everybody, don't tell my parents I'm gay. And you're like, um, it's okay. Like, we think they know, dude. Like, <laughs> But you know, everybody's reaction to like the hot guy comes out and he's like, oh, and then when he's like coming out, everybody's like, uh, (laughs) and it's totally, you know, but the hot gays versus the average gays kind of thing. Oh my God. And I, but I love that they show up for his, you know, one man acapella (laughs) outing. One man acapella. Well, it's like, you know, he has a group, but it's like he, no, it's mainly him. Yeah. No, no one else. No, I didn't make it into any of the acapellas because I'm too, like, I'm better than everybody or something was the line. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason. It has nothing to do with your personality, I'm sure. Because he does seem talented, but he uh, he's a bit much. He's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he is very much. And there, we, all have, we all know that gay. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> okay, so where do we want to see the story go for each character? Like... Um, first off, let's go with Kimberly. Where do you want to see Kimberly's story go? I hopefully do not see how she gets to stay there. I really don't know. I mean, cause it's 23,000 a semester. So that's times seven. Oh God. There's no way that she stays there. I, maybe she goes back for, you know, community college. I don't, or maybe, I don't know. I, I, I literally don't know what else they can do with that storyline except for taking it down the road where it's, you know, inequity because she's poor. And here's the other thing I thought. There is one, uh, and it's because I watched it twice. Um, at one point, Nico says, if we have one more infraction or, you know, one more strike against us, then we're done. They're going to close us down. So my question is, maybe they slept theta on the wrist and then it becomes an issue where it's like okay so you're not going to punish the rich kids for possessing all of these materials but you're going to revoke a scholarship worth two hundred thousand dollars for somebody who literally can't afford it so i don't know like that it's like i don't know that's the only thing i can think but as far as seeing where things go like i don't know I kind of see it as maybe like since Leighton came out to her or something, maybe she'll ask her parents to like sponsor her or give her a quote scholarship of some kind. That's the only thing I can think of, which will kind of create a big conflict of interest between the friends. But maybe, and I yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good point too. I don't know. Maybe we should be writers. <laughs> we should be. Damn it, that's what should be happening. I definitely want to see Whitney and the team. Uh, Make it to the NCAA finals next year, or at least. And get some damn years. recognition. Yes. Like the oh. damn losing boys team. They get this nice locker room and nice supplies and this, everything is great. And the girls team gets like motels and like shitty locker room. I mean, and, you know, locker room is like the locker room I had in high school for swim team. Like it is, it's a hole. It is and not, they're the winning team. They're the winning team right. and the boys lose all the damn time. Yeah. You know, it's crap. And I think that's, I think that should happen, you know? And I hope she gets to get into like a normal relationship with Kanan. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we get to, I like I want to learn more about him. I want to find out more about mm-hmm. him. I want to find out more about Leela. Feature them a little bit more, yeah. Yeah. And as far as Bella, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting thought to have an all girls comedy writing group or, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how that pans out. And especially with her new relationship or at least some kind of a friendship we can tell with, uh, with Eric, Eric. Yeah. I wanted to get it more serious than just quote chuckle fucking, you know, <laughs> oh, he's totally someone she wants to invest more than sex into since nice the comedy stuff is kind of working that, out now. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> let's, let's look a little bit past the pants, you know, right. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like a little more toward the heart and, uh, you know, all that good stuff in between. And I obviously guess. I, I want to see Leighton and Alicia get back together because I just think they're adorable. And date somebody publicly and become more comfortable with herself. Yeah. For sure. I think, you know, hopefully that does. And by the end of the first, because this is only the first semester is the whole first season. Yeah. So right. we're going to see a whole second semester of their freshman year, I hope. And Maybe. I, I hope it doesn't know. like skip. That's the thing is, you know, shows now it's like, oh, 10 years later is the next season. You're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, they might even skip to sophomore year and Kimberly's somehow made her way back. That kind of thing. We'll see. Yeah, maybe she's been away for a semester. It may be a bigger part of the conversation. It's going to be really interesting to see how they obviously they already know where they're going to go. Are they all going to stay roommates? So that kind of thing going to happen. Are they going to get split up and then we'll still have to follow them trying to become still remain friends, you know? Yeah. But that's, you know, that's the great thing about college is we, you know, you meet your people there. And these people definitely are each other's people, even though they're not alike really at all. And in many different ways, they're not. And the thing is, you you meet people in the, into the same interests and you find out they're not your people. And then you find people who are, you might not have the same interest as, but they, you know, you have more in common with as far as personality, as far as like upbringing or just right. how you treat each other, you know, just. You know, I, I mean, I was in theater at our old, at our school and those a lot of those people I did not get along with Yeah, because they right. were just all, you know, into themselves and just trying to screw you over, you know, and I'm like, I just want to have fun doing this, guys. Like, what's, you know. and Right. But yeah, so like that's, you know, I mean, yeah, theater really is just for having fun and, and doing something together. And that's why I you're learning it. as you're doing it. So right. just have fun with it. But right. some people take it way too damn seriously and they backstab the shit out of me and talk shit about me and I'm like I didn't do anything <laughs> well that's why I wasn't a theater major I I enjoyed theater I was in a couple of little one acts or whatever um but I uh it's it was never anything I was going to pursue as a as a passion or anything so yeah well that's but okay it was fun and that's the thing is like, like I through. was saying with my people is like I met you I met Beth I met Kayla I'm still really good friends with and and you know, there are a bunch of people that I'm still very, you know, very close with from college. And it was all just because you meet in this, you know, this big melting pot and everybody's about the same age and still, you know, just starting to figure out who they are as people. Because you really don't know that yet, or at least we certainly didn't whenever we were, when we were kids. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know what your identity in the world is without your parents. And that's, that's what college yeah. is really all about. And you know what, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's really interesting to see is like how people change since you saw them at that point when they're first starting out. And then you see them years and years later and you're like, oh, now we're both different people. Maybe the, di- the dynamics have changed or maybe somebody who wasn't as confident is way more confident. And the person who was confident is kind of like, you know, got humble, you know, <laughs> they got humbled because life just threw them for a curveball. You know, it's like, oh, 
and now everybody's kind of more on equal ground and you're like, Oh, can you, you know what? I, I like you more now because you're, you know, you're not as much of an asshole as you were back then <laughs> or, you know, or, or I like right. you more oh, now oh, because you're, you're not so timid. Asshole. Or, That's great. Good for you. Go, go back. Or you're still life. the same asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, Oh, and I'm, but now I can deal with it. So I can, okay. You know what I mean? I know. Right. All right. Right. I've had you enough stay a distance away. that I'm okay with it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I can deal with your bullshit. So yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Janelle. Well, you are very welcome. This was so much fun. It was really good catching up with you and, and watching the show. And and I'm really excited about the new season. So I'm really looking forward to it. I hope it comes out pretty soon. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to come out around the same time later on this year. But we'll see. Probably November-ish, I would think. Um, Is that where it yeah, was? I didn't. I, I, I came on to it late. But I was like one of those where I was like saving because I knew I was going to need it one day. Like I was going to need it. Yeah. Ditto. ditto. I was like, I'm going to yeah. watch this because just the title alone, <laughs> Sex Lives of College Girls. Come on. It just sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. If you want to, audience, if you want to talk with us through, you know, my social media about the Sex Lives of College Girls, um, anything that you liked about it, whatnot, you can find me on Twitter at Dustin underscore Holden or on Instagram at Dustin Can Read, or you can email me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. Um, I just want to say I don't have any more buy me a coffee because they changed the um, their source of income as far as what they'll pay out through. And I was like, I don't want to use the new source that you have. So I got rid of that. So I will be setting up a tipping information on good pods if you want to go there and more prospective avenues in the future. So good pods if you want to go there and just leave me a review there if you want or on Apple or on Spotify, either way. And again, nice thank one. you so much, Janelle. I <laughs> appreciate welcome. it. I I missed you so much. And we I'm going to have to make a trek up there at some point. So or or if I pass down, through. You're away. Like I said, I do business with a company that's out of Memphis. So next time I'm in town, I'll just have to stick around. Usually yes. I'm very busy when I'm down there. But yeah, next time I'm just going to stick You're going to be surprised at how much things have changed as far as like, yeah, all the business has been built up and whatnot. So, so anyway, right. okay. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Dustin can walk